Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Our Culture Gaming. I'm Scott, and I honestly just want to talk about Xbox. I want to talk about the history of Xbox. I want to talk about where Xbox is right now. I want to say that I've been a huge fan of Xbox since the very beginning. I remember the whole thing about a console with a hard drive and how that was going to change everything, how different that was. You know, I remember putting my own music on there and playing it on WWE Raw as my own custom superstars entrance. That stuff was so cool. I remember the Xbox 360 Blades. I remember Xbox Live. I remember the Xbox Live Marketplace. I remember all those different things all those different demos, all those small sort of indie games that came around back then and how much energy there was around the Xbox 360. And I feel like right now, because there's this whole conversation during the rounds as of the general state of Xbox and things coming from, you know, known insiders like uh, Jeff Grubb sort of talking over on his Games Mess podcast, just saying that, you know, Microsoft aren't very pleased with Xbox, that they're upset with them right now. And there was a whole sort of hubbub around Jeff Grubb saying um, or intoning that Hi-Fi Rush was a disappointment overall, which triggered uh, Aaron Greenberg to go onto Twitter and just say, look, you know, Hi-Fi Rush performed uh, in every key metric that we set for it, um, you know, which led to another follow-up video from Jeff Grubb just saying, look, there's a place that Hi-Fi Rush was meant to be, um, or a set amount of money that it cost, and it came in here. So whilst those measurements, you know, whilst everything that Aaron Greenberg is saying uh, is largely correct, Grubb is also saying there is this conversation to be had about just how successful the Xbox brand is and how successful those specific games are, um, and that's kind of part of the whole wider thing, as much as there was, you know, that whole sort of conversation around whether what Grove said was correct or not in regards to Hi-Fi Rush, there's still this general thing doing the rounds that people, uh, you know, customers, people in general, uh, are not very happy with their Xboxes or are very happy with the Xbox brand overall. And that is also kind of reflected in the idea of Microsoft themselves not being very happy either. Because it's worth touching on kind of how we got here, the idea that Xbox for the longest time, like I said, were doing, you know, all these different things that were sort of regarded as firsts. Like they took consoles online. I know that had been done before with the likes of the Dreamcast and the PlayStation 2 modem, but Xbox Live was a revolution. If you were there at the time you played Halo 2 online, you remember what it felt like when Halo 3 came around, the sort of global domination of Halo 3, how incredible that was, Gears of War Online, whatever. Um, You know, these massive firsts that were huge deals in the console space, that were huge deals for gamers overall. And it was one of those things where at the turn of the generation, as we moved into the Xbox One and we moved into what the hell are they possibly going to do next? At one of their firsts, or their attempts at a first, the idea of an all digital online library of games that you'd have to do this whole back and forth with specific retailers to resell your license and share it amongst friends and whatever, massively backfired. And I feel like the shadow that that cast over Xbox as a brand, it's really, really taken a long time for them to get out of that. I feel like Game Pass overall is the thing, the shining thing that we can point to and be like, that's a really good thing that has been brought to the industry and that lets a lot of people play way more games than they ever would have been able to to do before. But the general shadow that I feel like the eighth generation cast over Xbox as a brand is the thing that they're still trying to escape from. And the, one of the other things alongside Game Pass that would make it, you know, very easy to recommend Xbox is if there was <laughs> if there was an end to the sentence, I need an Xbox Series X to play what? Like, what is that game? We haven't got that yet. And I feel like they, across the entire eighth generation, we knew that they would be planning something for, you know, going forward. We knew that they were going to have to pull out something special. It was one of those things where they had so much time, almost 
an entire generation of consoles to sit and go, okay, we read the market wrong, we read it, the whole thing wrong in regards to what people might want from an Xbox console. It's not controlling your television with voice. It has to be something else. Um, and I feel like a lot of people like me who've been there since the beginning were sort of just sitting there going like, well, we want you guys to do well. I hope you, you know, realize what people want and figure it out. And I mentioned, you know, Game Pass is obviously a really, really good thing, but the games have just never really been there. So that kind of brings us to where we are now and the launch of the Xbox Series X and S. Um, the idea that both those systems are twinned together, I feel, is a, a weird like sort of a ball around the ankle kind of thing um, for the Xbox brand because there's a whole clause in Microsoft's contract, or at least there seems to be from the various developers that talk about it, that if you're making a game for the Xbox Series X, you have to have a Series S version as well. Um, and various devs have talked about how that just hamstrings them when they're trying to think of better ideas, you know, in implementing better processing power, etc. They have to make something work for you know a mid a mid tier console, something that is between the last generation and where we are now. And that in itself, I think, if you're looking forward to big eye widening, head turning releases, I need an Xbox Series X to play this. Um, you're almost, quote-unquote, never going to get that because there's always going to be something that needs to work on Series S and we're yet to see them you know, make that work. We're yet to see them release something that absolutely soars on Series X, has a version on Series S, but still pushes you towards the X overall. I feel like the people who have invested in S are completely completely serviced. They're completely fine. It's not like they're looking at the potential of ray tracing on the Series X and really feeling like they're missing out on anything. Um, you know, we only heard very recently that Redfall is going to be releasing with 30 FPS whether you're on Series X or Series S. So what are we really missing out on? To quote uh, the Jeff Grubb, the Games Mess podcast, he was they were just talking about Microsoft's management and sort of their general views on Xbox. Um, and Grubb said, you know, in regards to that, um, you know, I can tell you that Microsoft are not happy they're upset. Um, they didn't release a first-party game last year. And if that doesn't affect you, you've always got something else to play that's awesome. But a lot of people do regret getting their Xboxes. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I also looked at a Famitsu report that did the rounds as to sales in Japan in the middle of April. Um, so this is a report from Famitsu um, saying that the, the week that they tracked was between the 10th of April and the 16th. And Nintendo Switch sold 48,794 units. PlayStation 5 sold 47,040 units. Xbox Series X and S combined only sold 296 units. Now, Japan, obviously, you know, Xbox has never had that much of a foothold in Japan, although it did manage to take off a little bit more across 2022. But I think, and as whilst that's not indicative of obviously global sales and attitudes towards the Xbox brand, Xbox is keeping up with PlayStation a lot better uh, in the US, in the West in general. I do still think it's worth talking about that it's such a steep drop off where you have tens of thousands of units on one side and a couple of hundred over here. Um, it speaks to the core idea, the core mentality surrounding Xbox that you don't need this system. It's kind of a Game Pass system, which is great, but you can also get Game Pass on PC where it's doing extremely good numbers over there as well. It's also worth throwing in here, as Jeff Grubb mentioned in his follow-up video where he had to address all the Hi-Fi Rush stuff, um, the Game Pass only accounts for about 15% of Xbox's overall revenue. This comes from Phil Spencer himself, um, and this was written up by the Wall Street Journal uh, after their Tech Live conference. Um, Phil Spencer, who is now Microsoft's gaming CEO, um, said the Game Pass is about 15% of the company's revenue, and though the company might be worth more going forward, the idea that the 15% will be worth more going forward, um, he doesn't think it's going to get any bigger than that. He doesn't think that there'll be a future where something like a Game Pass um, is worth 50 to 70% of their overall revenue. He just doesn't think that a subscription model is going to do that. So, you know, whilst I'm saying that Game Pass is this shining light, this idea to invest in Xbox, and you do get phenomenal games every month, um, it's never going to be the Xbox brand overall. You do need those games. You do need those releases. You do need that level of satisfaction to come from somewhere other than here's a handful of titles every month. Um, there was a report during the rounds earlier this year, and I don't think it was verified by that many different people, um, but there was an internal report put up on Instagram of gaming saying that Jim Ryan, head of uh, PlayStation, doesn't really view uh, Game Pass and subscription models as that much of a threat. Um, and you can kind of tell that based on how much effort they haven't put into PlayStation Plus. Um, they started getting a bit better with the mid-tier, the extra tier, but I feel like the premium tier has massively dropped the ball in terms of giving you access to a PlayStation 1, a PlayStation 2 library. And um, you get a handful of games, if that. Um, it's, it's very, very threadbare. There's no Soul Reaver. There's no Metal Gear Solid. There's, you know, we're not, they're not giving you all the, the backdated Resident Evils or something. Very, very few and far between. Um, but overall, I think that, like I said, I think this speaks to the overall appeal of Xbox and the fact that Nintendo, uh, with the Switch and PlayStation, are just outstripping them almost at every turn. Um, let's speak about the games, though, to round this off. Um, obviously, Hi-Fi Rush was mentioned quite a lot recently um, in terms of it all being a flop, a potential flop, and whatever, that's not the case, at least in, in regards to how Aaron Greenberg and the people at Xbox uh, monitor that game. And Hi-Fi Rush is a very, very solid game. I love the idea of them shadow-dropping that. I love how much that spoke to the idea of you know the amount of studios that Xbox has under their umbrella, the idea that they could just say and here's a finished game and here's a finished game and here's another finished game I think that is really really cool and I think if you twin that with Game Pass to um, let people expect more top tier games every month then all of a sudden that idea of where are the games you get twinned with well just check out your monthly subscription and you'll get something worth you know playing every single month in a, in a, in a, a more upper echelon uh, level of production it's worth saying though here that if we talk about the rest of 2023 yes Xbox has games in theory we have Redfall um, which is kind of the victim of a whole bunch of 
mismarketing. It feels like that game is being held up as a Left for Dead or a Back for Blood alike, when it's more like a Far Cry. It's way more of a single player game, or it can be played single player, as opposed to thinking that it has to be a multiplayer game. I feel like they've really mismarketed that whole thing. I feel like they anticipated a whole boom of Left for Dead shooters uh, as Back for Blood was starting to come back around. And when that game flopped, they were sort of left with something to market in a certain direction. And um, that now people are playing more of it. And um, they say there are worthwhile single player components to that game. Um, Redfall as well, like I said, has been you know revealed that it's only going to launch in 30 FPS with a 60 FPS mode coming later on, um, which I'm just assuming will be the case for Starfield as well. You want to hope that that game launches in 60, um, but just the way things are going and the fact that it's Bethesda and then they've not launched a, a squeaky clean game in quite some time, um, I have to imagine that the whole 30 FPS debate will come back around with Starfield as well. Not that it invalidates that entire game, but I feel like it will be a conversation around that game, especially when you have the likes of Horizon, God of War, Ghost of Tsushima, all flying at 60 FPS. In terms of the wider portfolio of games, you know, if we dive into the likes of Perfect Dark, a reboot of a very beloved game back on the N64, that game's apparently in development hell. Apparently they set out to make a quadruple A game, um, and it's been lots of back and forth in terms of what the hell that even means, um, and how to actually reboot something as beloved and specific as Perfect Dark, with such a specific creative team back in the day that aren't there anymore. Um, Perfect Dark has seldom been seen, um, other than initially being mentioned. Um, and if we carry that across into where Fable's at, there was a report in February this year saying that Fable is finally in a playable state. Um, but we're talking about a game that is five years into development that was first mentioned back in 2018. It was revealed in 2020. And now we're finally getting around to some version of a playable version of Fable, um, which is an IP that, at least to me, I, I don't know if that's going to be the game to bring everybody back after so long. Fable's boom period was the late 2000s, and it's been a long time since then. Um, it's also worth mentioning that Gears of War, which was also, you know, was always held up next to Fable, uh, next to Halo. Um, Gears is a game that was also uh, mentioned in February as um, porting over to Unreal 5. So that's the strongest card they have uh, in terms of a top tier, recognizable, talked about IP that could blow everybody away if it performs really, really well and plays really, really well. Um, I mentioned Halo there. The most recent news item doing the rounds with Halo is obviously regarding all the layoffs, the fact that Joseph Staten has left, um, who was originally you know involved in the original trilogy, came back into Halo Infinite, got that over the finish line, and then that game, you know, more recently has come into more turmoil with layoffs and everything else. And Staten, I have to imagine, was like, I'm done. I need to get the hell away from this. Um, because the Halo IP has had some severe back and forths, let's say. Um, but the single player uh, DLC for that game that was rumored in the first place was never something that they detailed anyway. And um, doesn't seem like it's going to be happening. And Halo Infinite has only shambled from month to month since launch. So I feel like for Xbox and Microsoft to let Halo fall so much, and for so many of these IPs and these potentially announced games um, to just not be that clear in terms of what they are, how they're gonna play, what they're actually aiming for, um, you know, is part and parcel of the wider problem with Xbox. The thing is though, I make this video because I genuinely just wanna see where people are at. You know, do you feel like you regret buying your Xbox? I have a Series X, I got it immediately. I've always had old Xbox stuff since the beginning, and I don't regret buying mine. I love the fact that I have Game Pass on there, and it is a very powerful system, and I use it every other day. But it's not that I don't see the qualms. It's not like if someone was going off about Xbox and talking about how much they look at all the things on PlayStation and all the things on Nintendo and then being annoyed that they don't have them on Xbox, I could absolutely see that point. I do wish there were more Xbox games. And like I said, a hundred years ago when I started this video, I do wish there was something at the end of that sentence. I need an Xbox Series X to play what? Like, what is that game? What do we need these systems for? Why did we buy into this thing if all they were ever going to do was Game Pass and subscription models? 
titles and things like that. Like I said, Spencer's mentioned that it can't always be that, but the Xbox brand in terms of optics and in terms of how we talk about it tends to just be Game Pass, which should be something that supplements a whole rollout of incredible games. God knows they've put enough money into buying enough studios. It is beyond time they started rolling out games from every single one of them. At least that's what I think at this particular moment in time. Let me know what you think down in the comments below. I'm sure you've already wrote a few things down there anyway. For now, I've been Scott from Oculture.com. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll catch you soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.